0: And now, Mr. Serling. Next week, next week, I try to settle an argument to the effect that I'm not at my best when writing scripts for women. Miss
1: Vera Miles takes my side in a most unusual and unique story we call Mirror Image. I hope to see you next week, you in your living room, and Miss Vera Miles and the rest of us in the Twilight Zone. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. are you i'm doing all right had some technical difficulties on my end here my wi-fi completely went out of course it did (laughs) right at the very moment when i sent the invite of course that's
2: always fun you know it it has to happen these little hiccups just to make life interesting this is a this is a twilight zone situation so we should (laughs) understand this there you go
1: there you go that's it always always Mm -hmm. so what's a nice topic
2: i think this is up to you to to tell me isn't it no no it's not right at you okay wow okay Okay.
1: i'm gonna gonna do it okay okay great uh, twilight zone and women (laughs) (laughs) i have to say it in like a super creepy voice so
2: it is twilight zone you guys see a character
1: yes 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 i feel you Okay, so we're not going to beat up on the Twilight Zone because it <laughs> did a lot of things great, right? <laughs> and the creator, he did his best to, <laughs> you know, he did his best. He did his best in the time. And for what he did at the time, it was great. But, you know, there's some things that, you know,
2: could have been done better, right? Well, let me hear from you. Like, let's start with you saying specifically what you think he could have done better.
1: Oh, honestly, I don't know if there was a lot at the time. Cause see, I'm I'm looking at it from now, from today's standpoint on what he could have done better, right? And it's like I I don't know if that's even fair to to do that. But he could have maybe lobbied for certain things to happen that didn't happen because I know he was always fighting against sponsors and producers. I mean, there's even an an episode called the Bard that he um he was actually making fun front of the um the industry itself, everyone within it behind the scenes, the producers, showrunners, you know, which he was the showrunner because he wrote and directed a lot of the things, but he got so much flack for just trying to include and do certain things, but you know when I say he could have done something better. I don't know. His hands were tied on so many fronts and he did what he could at the time, but it seemed like because of sponsors meddling and a lot of what he was trying to do. It, uh, it seemed as if he, um, it seemed as if he would take two steps forward and a whole bunch of steps backwards. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would say, I would say early on, I mean, just just having a woman lead in 1959 on a television show the way he did it in the fourth episode which is where you know where the you know women within the show where they actually started their um kind of like almost overtaking for a certain period of time but some of the characters were very well done and some not so much and then there was always the 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 trope with the wives that was a (laughs) huge issue they you know there were two things that i noticed watching the show um in retrospect there were the wives of these men that wanted to do these things and they were always you know Mm -hmm. always dress them down and you know they were always the the naggers you know as their mothers
2: too the mothers were
1: yes yes, you know, yes. Uh, that. uh yeah it was just but then you would have these independent uh women as was said in the book um <laughs> in a book the uh twilight zone the Com- companion mm-hmm. and that was a that's a that's a really good book if you want to get to all the um details on behind the scenes and everything and everything that was going on that was really a good uh good book to get into and i've kind of like thumb through that and bookmark it from time to time but that's Mm -hmm. really a good good book to dive into
2: yeah um you know i i don't i honestly i don't think it's fair to just pick on the twilight zone yeah yeah yeah. um i don't i i and i i'm certainly not rod sterling or Sterling. i don't i don't think that um you can you can't just criticize him specifically for an entire industry, yeah, yeah. and how it was done, exactly. and, and and I say past tense as if it's still not right. highly problematic. Um, Is it? <laughs> <laughs> really? I um, but I I wanted to say that one of the one of the ways you, you can kind of forgive this atmosphere if you can forgive it is that it really is difficult uh, for a lot of, of filmmakers um, to see things from a female perspective. So if you don't have a lot of like female directors and writers, um, it, you know, you have to contrive something for women that's not always natural for, you know, all the males behind the camera. And since he's the showrunner, he's writing the episodes. Right, um, right. You know, what do you expect? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and from a male perspective it's it's from a male perspective right and that's kind of how what i mean about you know it's it's problematic today in that yeah it's a little better but how many female directors do you know of right um yeah. how many female cinematographers how many females are holding the camera and uh you know we're seeing through their view Seeing the world from their point of view. You're always. I actually recently watched a documentary um, about that, where there's basically no women camera operators. So every camera you see something coming mm-hmm. out of in Hollywood
0: mm-hmm. is
2: coming from a male eye. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, that's just an industry issue. That's not. Uh, you can't. I didn't. You know. It's not just the Twilight Zone. And if you want to grade on a curve. I think Twilight Zone did pretty well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Looking overall at, at the body of work and everything that was done, I noticed, um, you know, because tonight we're covering the, um, the first season and maybe an episode or two in the uh, second season, because I think this is something I definitely want to continue, you know, going down this road later on. But um, I noticed uh, halfway through the season, um, about episode 15, where the the characters... It, you know, as far as the uh, the women leads uh, go, things started to, to change,
0: mm-hmm. and a lot
1: of things changed with the episode the uh, the hitchhiker, and this was definitely a Hitchcock style episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can really tell. I don't know if he took some kind of um, inspiration from you know his style of you know of storytelling.
2: Well, it was, but, he was yeah. he was very influential at the time. Yeah, so it's hard very, not to have taken something. It's like Quentin Tarantino the, in the yeah, '90s. Exactly. Everyone took something for like Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. Everybody took something from them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, You know what? And I find it to be so true because everyone thinks that they have these original ideas, but it's like no, they're really not original. You know, original. You know, right. Overall, because everyone takes from something or someone somewhere, you know? and,
2: and I, I find it better to view it as they were inspired. You know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah. have been inspired by someone else's work is more of a compliment than you know an accusation that they stole somebody's style or something. Right,
0: right,
1: right, <laughs> right, right,
2: right, right, right. Because, because, and and that was
1: a lot of the the issue that that Serling had himself. Because, see, what would happen is after, especially after this this first season he would get a lot of, um, of uh, screenplays in and just different stories from all over, you know, from everyone. And he would just, he would just turn them down Mm. and he would turn them down. And the, I guess these people would get, you know, bitter and upset or whatever the case may have been for, you know, their story not being, you know, getting on the air and, these people started to you know a lot of people started to say that he was plagiarizing their their ideas and it's like no that wasn't the case you know he had already written a lot of these things beforehand mm-hmm. they just happen to have some of the you know same you know not same concepts you know but just some of the same things and they would say he would do this like no i wrote this you know years in advance right. uh, ray ray bradbury uh, was a prime example it's like, no, I had this idea before, you know, I'm sorry if I didn't, you know, we didn't even look at your uh, script, you know, script <sighs> you, you know, we actually sent it back to you, but, you know, we didn't use it. So now you're upset and you're seeing something that you had an idea for. It just you know just happened to be in proximity of what you you know the ideas that you had, right? And, and that was just <laughs> that might be it. why
2: we didn't use your ideas because exactly, I had already made something like exactly. that. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, no one's you know. stolen. I, you're, you're the one that's late. <laughs> right, right. Right. Right.
1: And he would always give credit where credit was due. You know, in in certain areas, whether it was in the uh the credits, which is where a lot of it took place, but. Yeah, it, it was just it was just a crazy time for him. He was getting it from everywhere all the time, but that's usually what happens when you're, you know, such an influential person and you have got all these ideas and you're changing things slowly but surely, and people seeing that you're doing certain things. And you know, he was of course highly political, so you know. And
2: and uh, it it always ha- when you're super successful in anything. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that comes with that. You know oh, what I mean? Me, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah people want to see you fail at a certain point too. Oh, they do. Um, and they, you know, if you're not failing, they'll perceive a failure so that you can be lowered in some capacity. You, you see this all the time. If somebody is just really successful, it doesn't matter what it is or how hard they work to get there. Um, even the people who are celebrating them, you know, you can, you can see the little green of yeah. envy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or at the very least, um, a competitiveness.
1: I want and, to know what you have, and I want to right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And if you're talking about Ray Bradbury in particular, you know he's a science fiction writer.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Therein
2: lies lives. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know you can see how it's possible that as a science fiction writer, he's watching this, you know, huge success uh, of this show and wondering hey where's mine and that might influence you know where people aren't objective people think they are and they want to be and they wish they were um but they're not and so there's inevitably um a little bit of his personal feelings got probably got in and anyone else involved who may have accused him of plagiarism you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. art is personal so you can see how that that can happen. You can forgive everybody. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. Not much. Not much. Just, just a little bit. I can understand the sensitivity around it. I really can. Yeah. Um, but, at, at, but I think you, it does become an issue when somebody's legacy is in question um, and what they've done, what they actually did contribute um, due to some of this envy. Uh, and I think that might be what you're you're touching on.
1: Oh, yeah. Just stuff's going it a little bit, not much. Because <laughs> I really don't want to get it, because that's a whole different topic and, you know, conversation by itself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Know, just that but, whole thing. yeah.
2: Yeah, but I and I, I think that's different than um, what actually is the topic is. It's kind of taking a retrospect mm-hmm. of, I, think, I feel like this is less of a criticism and more of a, if you want to call it, an indictment on the era. Um,
1: that's more of what it is. There you go. That's, you know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I I think that's fair. Uh, I I don't think I think the era you can't absolve this era for um, marginalizing women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. it, it, was bad. it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Well, <laughs> I mean, has it's, gotten
1: any better?
2: Yeah, I think so. it it's gotten. You know, is it's a trade off in a lot of ways because in in some respects that at that time women weren't as objectified as they often are now. Um, because it couldn't, right? <laughs> right. Were, you had censors.
1: So, so. You, had to, you had to create. It's almost like you, know, like you have to create a movie and you don't have the special effects to do it.
2: Right. So what do, so you,
1: what do you do? You, you work on the story, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. And these, uh, in a lot of films and television, you see the gratuitous tit-shot sex scene. Oh, yeah. okay yeah. is this you know it's gratuitous you know is this in there somebody can say all day long that they think it it, it advances this story or builds the character of no, that's no, true it is a cheap way to get people uh to watch, to watch whatever <laughs> it is you're selling yeah. and yeah. women are being used to do that uh yeah sometimes men are you see a shirtless man or something yeah but it's women um be. yeah yeah. It's women. That, and I, and that is such a, um it's a standard now. And I don't know. I mean, of course, back then, you know, you wanted a pretty woman on screen, um, but she wasn't naked. Right. <laughs> and it was only,
1: you know, it was only the, you know, you know kind of like before y- you really didn't see a lot of that, but it was, the, there, was refer- there was a there was
2: a, there was a, there was some sort of there was some respect for women's modesty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. some reverence for I females. Is and well. so. It is it, there's a pure objectification. It is a, it's purely yeah. about the money. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can buy it. You know, who's who can we get to show their breasts? in this film who has the higher profile to get more I know, people to because see I know it I don't
1: yeah I don't want to I don't want to see
2: that well but a lot of people you know. do and I, and that's what I'm saying I don't know if it's better now yeah um I yeah. think I think it'll be better when we have more women directing uh when we have more women writing
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think if you if it's if it is better it's just now happening like it is just now
1: yeah you're you're
2: yeah you know over the I mean over the right or I I'd say over the past 10 years tops Mm -hmm. Catherine Mm -hmm. Bigelow was the first woman to win a best act director Oscar and that happened for the Hurt Locker yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No yep. one else has yep. one sense of memory. Her husband. Who was her husband? James Cameron. James Cameron right. This, this old, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean. Although they um, were
1: divorced, I think they
2: were, uh, they. were divorced at the
1: time. Yeah. Yeah. So that might have had something to do with. that, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know anything but
1: about
2: that. yeah, that's <laughs> what cha- I mean. You know, it's. I think you're. You know, the depictions of women in front of the camera, as being. Um, well-rounded or complex or dignified or uh, what ha- is, I'm not even as concerned as about their screen time as much as I'm, you know, it's because it, even when you have a female lead, if she's doing, a, if she's playing the role of a man, basically, um, you know, look, I can kick somebody's ass just as bad as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, that's just a, a, another man creating a role that he wants to be in right Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. another perpetuation of that same narrative you just she just she's just not a man um so i think you have to have more women behind the cameras what i'm saying you have to have more women writing um you have to have more women directing you have to have more women producing you have to have more women as heads of studios you have to have more women making decisions and advertising you know rows um and I think that that is, we're just now getting somewhere in that regard. And we certainly weren't anywhere, uh, during the time of the twilight zone. So, so that, so, so that, so, so that means you want to
1: see more naked man on screen. Is that what you, is that what you're saying? I
2: don't honestly, if you know, <laughs> no, I'm being facetious. I know. I mean, no. <laughs> um, you wanted, you know what you wanted us interestingly, um, there, you know, there are a few movies that I've seen of that you? I, huh, a few of me, uh, well, <laughs> really a few, because honestly, I, you know, I like I said, it's not just you need more women in in heads of studios, okay? You need more women writing, because yeah, sometimes yeah. a woman can direct a film, but a man wrote it. The head of the the studio, uh, the head of the studio is a man. Um, you know the the people you're selling the film to are men, and even though a woman is directing the movie, it's still very male generated concepts and imagery.
1: You know and what? themes? I'm glad. I'm so glad you said that because you can tell when a woman writes, produces, and directs a movie versus when a man does it, and Obviously. and
2: and who she's selling it to.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yep.
2: Where yep. where is she's hoping to? Because I you know. If you're selling to HBO, I can tell that mm-hmm. even if you're a female,
0: mm-hmm. you're gonna
2: have to ha- you're gonna put some sex and violence in there. Yep. Guess um, yeah, who you're selling your show to? Uh, usually they have. That's not usually how it works. They usually pick it up after. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they they are, and you can tell. Um,
1: yep. Gotta have that quota. Yeah. Right. But <laughs>
2: some but some films like very few. I can you know it's like and I'll I'll use an example. I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's called Booksmart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I completely felt watching that movie from beginning to end that women were running the entire process of this film. Yeah. 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 Um, there was it was not there was it was a, the just a fun movie. Um, I loved the movie, but that was one of the things that stood out to me about it uh, that you could just feel um, the detachment from a lot of what we're used to seeing. And it's because it was just, you know, a completely female film. You know what um, you, that that is so funny because it's,
1: you know, whenever any said group is over something, it's you know they have a vested interest in it, and there are certain things. Okay, prime example: I binge watched this um, the show over uh, Thanksgiving called um, Reservoir Dogs, and it's on, <laughs> it's on FX. It's about these um, these indigenous native kids and this neighborhood and you know on the reservation pretty much mm-hmm. and you know it's almost I I would say it's like Atlanta based mm-hmm. you know around their perspective you know what I mean you, mm-hmm. you know Atlanta it's yeah yeah it's got that same feel and tone and everything but you can tell uh, because the whole staff was uh native people so mm. so you can you can feel it the the little jokes everything right. you know just like the Atlanta show you know unless you're in Georgia in that area and you know it's by people of color you can feel that within that show because that show is so true to you know to what it actually is like in, right in, in that community
2: right right what was uh,
1: that what, what was that movie um it's a movie i recommended to you and you loved it so much i can't remember oh, oh oh the, not the name. no
2: trace no trace
1: yes no trace. yes woman oh leave no land. trace leave no trace yeah you you can feel right you know, um, absolutely you know, there's another movie called land that i haven't seen yet but uh, uh-huh with i haven't Robin seen it Wright. yet either Right. Yes, I I'm saw definitely... a
2: portion of it the other day. Mm, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I need to watch it from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You,
1: you can just feel it. You, you know? can feel it. It's a different feel. Yeah. It's
2: a different feel. And, uh, you know, Twilight Zone, and I, I feel like, you know, this was his vision and that's how it felt. And I don't know if we can criticize it so, too much because it's his show. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's it's why, his vision,
1: and that's why I said, you know, it's this, this is not about, you know, uh, trying to, you know, you know, throw the Twilight Show under the bus or any, anything like yeah. that. It's, it's just, but it does. Know, looking back, it,
2: yeah. it, right, it does make you uh, examine. It, may, you have to ask, where are the women? <laughs> you know, and it's not, and this interesting. You talk about you know yeah. the show Reservoir Dogs, and you know it's a Native American population show they're unfortunately uh, a huge minority okay yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know but yeah. women are more than half the population mm-hmm. yeah. okay and i i just find it um <clears throat>
1: that's incorporated into it too i i love that aspect of it you know yeah just you know the, the people coming up missing and you know and stuff yeah. like that you know and it's like that's a huge thing you know native women are coming up missing but no one really cares about it. It's not mm-hmm. really a thing. You know what I mean? And it's right. like these inside things and these insights on certain things that you get about just, you know, native culture in general. And it just goes to, you know, to say, you know, if you have people that have a interest and, in, you know, vested interest on in something and they really care about that or they're showing it <clears throat> or they're telling their story from their perspective, then mm-hmm. you really you really get a, a better sense of you know what they're trying to say, and you really get a, a, a for me as far as I'm concerned, better TV shows, better movies, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, the media may be.
2: You get it. You get some diversity cells.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um. That data is clear. That's why you're seeing, mm-hmm. um. You know. That's why you're seeing more diverse programming. Yeah. It sells, and it's because people want to see more than just the same old stuff. Uh, you know, people will take what you give them, okay? Um, if you're continuously generating certain stories, people want to go to the movies, okay? People want to watch television. Uh, they're going to turn on whatever it is and try try to find enjoyment in what's available. Yeah. However, if we're comparing what sells more, it is the shows the movies the commercials that have a variety of people and perspectives involved they just do um there's something yeah Yeah. there it does there's something about that diversity that creates a synergy that people want to see and feel is is working um and i mean i i think that we're getting into that direction uh we're moving there uh it's just uh, it's really difficult when everybody in charge is men, and we're talking about incorporating more women's perspectives. It's a um, slow,
1: it's a slow turn, and it's it's changing, but it's it's a, it's a slow one. It's like it is, tip, you know. It's it different. Is. They don't
2: want to give up that spot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. They don't want to give up that spot, um, and the people who are making the decisions on who gets that spot are comfortable seeing a certain type of person in that spot. Yeah. It's what yeah. they're used to. Yeah. Um, The culture, it's our culture. It's the culture of the world to want a certain person in that spot. Uh, And you're changing culture. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, And you're even changing the minds of women. Uh, You know, there are a lot of women who would like to be directors or who would like to be writers. Uh, But the culture of getting those scripts in, um, women... It's hard to adapt those strategies. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also you know you, you know you get objectified in the business. So um, you get dismissed in the business. and for a lot of women, that's demoralizing. So they yeah, yeah. stop the pursuit. Um, you know that these things are, are difficult to to address all at once. So you know, bless Rod Sterling for what he did do. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? I mean he did a
1: lot on so many different fronts. So you know, I mean, you know, he I, did. Uh,
2: yeah. He did. But I, here we are in 2021 still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still examining. And I, you know, it's even as I lobby for more women directors and writers and such. Um, you still have to deal with the financing <laughs> of all of these ideas. That's, that's, that's a big one. That's the yeah. that's the that is the nasty little gross elephant in the room. The men still have the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I
0: don't I like care how
2: talented. Say, right, the money. It does. Heaven. I don't care how talented a writer is or how talented a director is or an actor. Um, the, at the end of the day, you need somebody to pay for this process. And in uh, in virtually every sector, whether it's entertainment, whether it's politics, uh, even even if you're talking about makeup or food, the people in charge of the money are men. Yeah. Okay. The people in charge of the money are men. And if they all share, it's. I mean, I like I said, you can't fault the Twilight Zone. He's a man that's, he's showing you his vision, which is brilliant, okay? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that vision, but it's a limited vision. Um, you can't, yeah, like I'm yeah. a woman, I can't think like a man. No, I, can't it's impossible. Be, I can't be a man. Um, You know, my vision is limited to being a woman. So you have these people in charge of the money and they're not only are they men, but they've been, they're certain that they're right. Everything in that has been uh, taught in within our culture tells them the right decisions to make with the money. Uh, They tell, it tells them what the risks are and what risks should be avoided. And not to mention, uh, usually they have a lot to lose. Yeah, a lot. Um, <laughs> a when, lot when they're approving financing or agreeing to invest their money into a film or whatever it is. And they see this little woman, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Is, is, up to, yeah,
2: excuse like, me, what? I want to star in your production or I want to write this script for this movie that's going to cost $100 million. You know, I want to. You know, yeah, share yeah. my vision on, you know, this $200 million project. And he's sitting there and he's like, mm, yeah, but this other guy's already even proven to succeed. And that's not a risk. And right, that's how it works.
1: Right. And that's the biggest, that's <laughs> the biggest thing in Hollywood, right? That's, that's I
2: mean, all. That's, not just Hollywood. I mean, that it's is all like, of it.
1: Across the board. But it, you know, Yeah. It's, but it's yeah. particularly
2: yeah. Hollywood, of course. That's oh. what we're talking about today is Hollywood. And that is how, that is the big one. That is the major barrier um, until more women are in charge of the money. That's right. um, You know, it's going to, it's all kind of lip service. (laughs) Uh You know, I know, I I I was sitting here and I was like,
1: you know, looking at, you know, the other day I was sharing some, you know, some statistics and, you know, stats and everything about, you know, the show in particular and this is I, I was sitting back and i'm like you know i'm thinking why is this the only show because all my other shows it's um they're they're all you know women dominated all of them. Mm-hmm. this is the only show where it's 71 percent male listenership so we have about 70 plus percent men listening to this show <laughs> and i'm trying you know and i'm, I'm trying to think it's like why is that the case Oh <sighs> well, oh I know why. Because you started appearing on the show, right? <laughs> All right. That's it, it worked the other way because it brought in more women. And then with this show it brought in more men, although it was slightly always
2: skewed, but yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, yes.
1: It's like that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is.
2: But I'm not in charge.
1: Oh, you're in charge. <laughs> I will give this up. No, it's easy.
2: <laughs> it's easy. But no, yeah, I mean, women, I the, is, everybody can see, you know, I recently I remember um, everybody was surprised when Downton Abbey, the, the film version of the show, came out. Yeah, yeah. And it was this, you know, unexpected sleeper hit.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. you know, this shouldn't surprise people. Like, the, 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 it's like it, it, people—if it doesn't matter, because Downton Abbey is kind of, uh, you know, it's both male and female. But I would say the audience skews female. Yeah, it does. Skews um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, it female, and uh, you know, there's. But the reason it was surprising is because people don't believe that the things females want to watch sell, as if we're not half the population. Right, um, right. You know they they forget it. it. You know we're more than half actually. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: But they, But up. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, it really yeah. does. I know, like I, you know, the financiers they want, they don't want risk and they want to stick with the same yeah, uh, tried like and true this. methods. Yeah. Uh, but, but I nothing ever changes like that. They huh? have to see this data though. They have to be seeing it. They have to see. Um that you know women what women watch will sell right what women want to see will sell just like what men want to see sells. um it does it's not the women have money too <laughs> okay yes they you do know, It's. <laughs> um, but i still it's still kind of that whole idea that it's difficult to see it from a different perspective if that's not your perspective it really is yeah it's hard to see what women want to watch if you're not a woman.
1: I was um, I was going to jump into one of the episodes from season one of... Uh, I was getting ready to say another show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what show?
1: Another show, Stranger Things, which is oh. another favorite sci-fi <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: horror, 80s classic. Anyway, that's another story for another day.
2: Great show.
1: Yeah. Episode four, okay? Mm-hmm the 16 millimeter shrine. This is the first episode and it's episode four in the first season, which is not too bad to have a woman lead already in the twilight zone in its fourth episode out of uh, what? 156 episodes. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think this is a good start. Mm -hmm. So this is basically about an aging, former movie star that lives and dreams in the past. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I, have you do you remember that that episode because i know some episodes you you know
2: right you've... i have, i have some recollection but i continue she's okay. they, they, yeah so i you... think i know i've seen them all yeah yeah <laughs> but... well, of course. i wouldn't have been seeing them all
1: <laughs> yeah. i am like, no. But... you go back and watch all 156 episodes now i've so, seen them that's all that's a man talking yeah but, <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay so basically but... what
1: what this episode is about is she's she's reminiscing about her past you know life as a movie star in the um in the 20s and of course the show is set in the um in the uh, late 50s early 60s and she's looking back at you know her co-star and how things have changed and everything is jukeboxes and you know this that and the other and i like the way they they had her play this up, so she's a little bit annoying, and I don't know if they did that on purpose. Just <laughs> you know what I mean, you know? Because Rod, you know, this is one of these episodes where you know he wrote the episode, and like I said, there was a shift around episode fifteen. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so she's you know, in fact, by, by the way, her name is Barbara Trenton, and she's played by Ida Lupino, and mm-hmm. she was actually one of the first directors. Producer and you know, you know, screenwriter in Hollywood. Mm. So it was funny that she was in one of the first episodes, and she wound up being behind the scenes after the show. Mm. Uh, after the show ended, she went on to do a whole bunch of other things after that, directing and everything. So she was one of the first. Um, director producer writer everything you know one of the first women to do uh, everything behind the scenes so that's so funny that we kind of like segue to that. yeah <laughs> and it's like wow okay you know here we go and you know but you
2: know, yeah i don't know you know what's interesting about what you what you just said is that um i actually, i recently you know i was talking about this i mentioned this documentary a minute ago um, and it talked about that, how, um, women used to be, cause if you look at, if you look at film in general, uh, it's, it's a very artistic medium, right?
0: Yes, it is.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's experimental. It's art, it's artistic and, uh, you know, it would appeal to women. Um, and early on there, it was mostly women directing. Okay. And, and mostly women, um, creating films, But what happened is uh, studios, large studios started to form. Yep. And the money.
1: Yep. (laughs) And
2: that's it. Uh, The women didn't have that type of money. And they were squeezed out. But yeah, and this would have been, um, this wasn't that long. You know, if you think about the era of the big studios, um, that started to happen around the 30s. It did, yeah. Um, yep. And so yep. prior to that, you had a lot of women who had experience directing and were trying to segue into the studio system. But um, the men are in charge with the money. And that's what happened. So <laughs> that's she's, it. you know, I could absolutely see her, which is interesting because that's what the episode is, right? That like yep. you're talking about. It. It's like, yep. she was. Yep. it was great in the 20s.
1: Mm-hmm. And she and she actually goes into and talks to one of the um, one of the old um, I guess he's a uh, I guess he was the, the uh, director of the entire I forgot his title, but he she actually goes into audition for a part and she, you know, she has this whole big stinking big to do because she uh, they want her to play a mother you know and she says Mm -hmm. how old of a mother (laughs) you know you know it's kind of like bringing that whole you know ageism thing up Mm -hmm. you know within within that and you know and the man's like you know and then he finally just winds up just telling her off because she's being real difficult yeah exactly (laughs) difficult Right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? right difficult right Yeah, down, and then her manager, he's like, You know, I should do you the same way, so you know how it feels. Um, he's in several (laughs) episodes, um, I forget his name, but he's he was really big during that time. As a matter of fact, he's he was in one of the um, one of the um one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, 12 Angry Men, Mm. Mm. uh, Henry Fonda, and he plays one of the jurors, and in that and mm-hmm. yeah that's um balsam is his last name i can't remember his first name um but he was a really big he was actually in the first unofficial episode of the twilight zone too he played the psych um the psychiatrist mm-hmm. uh, for the guy um in the time element that that's the name of the episode so
2: the time element
1: yeah that that was the first unofficial episode of the twilight zone before where's everybody which is actually mm-hmm. the first episode but yeah mm-hmm. he's he's been in about five or six Twilight zone episodes one of, one of his favorites that he played and was the um uh was the one where he's he has the mannequins and he's uh he's it's so meta the way they do everything within it but anyway i'm getting off track i can go you know talking talking tz i can go all over the place every day but anyway i feel you i'm gonna pull back on that a (laughs) little bit
2: no no i i
1: go on no, you don't want me to go on. This is gonna be an eight-hour <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure all the Twilight Zone fans out there would love for me to go on for eight hours and just well,
2: you know, and chime in. You, you know, you are a man. You can do what you want. No, no, I'm oh, no, joking. No, you're not joking. You're not. Joking. I am. I'm joking. joking. No, no. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> You're <laughs> a hard time being a man. I'm sorry if my you know You male pri- male privilege. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you know, I'm not hating on your male privilege. It's okay. It's not your fault. That is so <laughs> oxymoronic. <laughs> what you just said. Male privilege. I'm not hating on you. you know? Well there's there is there is, you know, women privilege. You know? Is there? Oh yeah. I I wanna hear this. What is it? <laughs> No. I- <laughs>
1: That's another topic for us. Oh thing. no. That's, I want to hear
2: it. What though?
1: It'll get a listen little seedy. So I'm not gonna. I'm not, <laughs>
2: it'll it'll get a little I'm seedy.
1: Listening? It'll get a little seedy. I wanna know. I don't wanna go there.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'll definitely I have to
1: put the explicit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely have to put that logo up there. I there.
2: <laughs> no, I mean I'm messy with you, but I do. Uh, as a female, I, I, I've had this conversation yeah. before. I
1: yeah, I
2: would yeah. never not want to be a woman. I love being a woman. Yeah,
1: and, and, and we all love you being a woman. That's it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love being a woman. Um, but uh, being a male does have its privileges. I actually feel, um, if I'm completely honest, that it's it's got. I think this is a hard period to be a man um i think the standards that you're expected to live under are often really unfair
1: um so many different levels whether it's being a provider or mm -hmm. for your family because and then if you don't you know if you're doing that it's you know it's like okay but you're doing too much now you're not at Mm -hmm. home so but 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 you had to be at home and then you know, and, and there's so many different things that play into that, which I'm not, right. you know, I'm not complaining about that. Because well,
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I do. I think that, um, you know, you look at the Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. And, you know, for this is like the standard of success, which is basically unattainable. Yeah. And, most people. Uh, you know what I mean? And then, you know, so, you know, this is, you, you know, if you're a man, you, you want to be, the person who provides everything. You want to be able to give your lady the world or the, your man the world or whatever your orientation is. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to do that with, you know, it, you know in a, from a mas- masculine kind of perception, it is a lot to do with money. And I think that um, the standards that you are expected to meet are oftentimes ridiculous um yeah and i i feel like there's a lot of pressure on 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 the male psyche in general to meet a lot of uh, i don't know as 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 standards that shouldn't have anything to to do with maleness but they do i i I don't think a lot of it is fair
1: you know there Um, there was a there was a comedian and he he was you know joking but he wasn't joking at the same time he's like you know women Children and dogs are the only ones that get <laughs> unconditional love. <laughs> Men only get Was love. it Chris Rock? I think it's Chris
2: Rock. I, I think. I think. Was it? Uh, he I may don't have, know he may,
1: Yeah, he may. He may have touched on that too. Mm-hmm. It's like the other. You know.
2: You have that's. Man. I and I think that's exactly what I was trying to. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. not valued for just being. You're valued yeah. for what you do or what you contribute.
1: Exactly. I mean, and he's like, if you don't do that, then
2: boom, you right. are, you're you know, not you're not just in, inherently valued. You have to prove your worth.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And,
2: um I I mean
1: uh, So is that so? Is that male privilege? Is it is, well is,
2: is, is it? I I, I don't know. I, I like as I started by it started this off by saying, I do think that it's a, a lot of it I think it's hard to be a man these days. I really do. Yeah. Uh I, I think that it's it's really difficult. Um but at the same time, um, that need for you to prove your worth um, or that perception of the world that you have to prove your worth uh, creates lanes for you Yeah, yeah. Um, that are women are often excluded from what women get to do which is why i you know from my point of view in particular this is kind of a very personal perspective that i have and this is why it's got to be hard to be a man from my point of view is that i'm i'm kind of an i'm an artistic person mm-hmm. i always have been i i've always been i've always i'm an artistic person so uh, you know i've always felt like i could do that or i could be that or explore that in various capacities and not worry yeah. about what other people think or um worry about what that looks like okay um but for men i that is not that's not true uh if a man is artistic if he wants to be an artist or if he wants to take some time to experiment with something that's not necessarily going to make money um that's a huge risk (laughs) yeah um in in so many ways uh you know it is he is looked at in Uh, and that's just that's not just the judgment of other people i mean if he's if you're if we're looking judging someone by the male standards of society he's expected to have certain things together so if he does not because he was dabbling in art for a certain period of time this is is just this is so emasculating yeah um and the women are not necessarily held to that standard oh no no um but, you know, women are also expected to be earners, too. So, you know, there is that. <laughs> are they? Are they? Uh, generally, yeah. Especially if you live somewhere that's, you know, expensive to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it's,
1: it's more, it's more of a thing in certain areas of the country, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. And
2: yeah. then on top of that, that yeah. doesn't absolve you from having children. Oh, so, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're expected to be a mother, you're expected to be a wife, and you're expected to work, you are just in, you are in it because to, to this still, despite, you know, what we're trying to argue is equality of the sexes with women's liberation. Women are still doing the heavy lifting at home. Uh, so it becomes, you know, extremely difficult for a lot of women, especially when they find it difficult to uh, f- uh, earn those upper management positions where yeah. there is more money and respect for all the hard work. Um, you know, those jobs are given to men still. <laughs> we still don't have paid maternity leave for women. So if a woman is, you know, been doing well in her workplace and she has a child, uh, you know, if she takes time off, that is a setback for her work. And it just is. And men can go back to work the next day after they have a baby, and it's oftentimes they earn more money because they're viewed as needing, you know, that boost in income because they have to be a provider for family now. Yeah, um yeah. You know, that's it, it's it's for a lot of way. In a lot of ways, it's very very difficult for women, and in a lot of ways, it's very very difficult for men. Uh, I think that uh, what we need to do more than anything is to. Um, I hate to say it, but we need to put more women in charge. <laughs> Why do you have to say it? <laughs> I'm sorry because it that's, seems like it seems it so self serving to say that because I'm a woman. <laughs> okay it, but it is, is it? no I do I I feel like you know I think that yeah. because I think that the reason we have these standards that we have that a lot of people's knees buckle under is because you don't have enough of um, a different perspective yeah in 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 leadership and the people who are in charge of creating these uh paradigms for work and and life and a lot of it is very uh male driven so these expectations of male for males are often unfair and the expectations of male for males are being imposed on women as well and those are often unfair yeah and without some sort of counterbalance we just have a lot of people who are trying to reach these you know masculine (laughs) 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 you know really Really. everyone's trying to reach these impossible Mm-hmm. standards for living um and there's this is this demand for more growth and more success and more money and more stuff and more and more and more and um there's no checking station yeah and we're all kind of you know suffocating under it
1: i'm going to jump into the second episode from this season um okay so it's actually episode seven and this is not a it's not led by a woman but it's it's a different episode i really wanted to touch on this it's called the lonely the lonely i don't know if you remember this episode if if you don't it's basically about um a guy named cory sent to an asteroid for after being convicted for a crime mm-hmm. which is why people i don't know why people are being sent to the asteroids but 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 we're just going to go with it. We're going to go with it. <laughs> so, uh, so he then receives a, a present, a, a robot who looks, sounds, and acts like a woman. And Alicia is the name of this robot. She's played by Jean Marsh, and we'll get into her a little bit later. But I don't know. This, this was a weird dynamic because it's a woman, but it's not. And it's got like this ex machina, her kind of thing. Have you ever seen an ex machina? Oh, hell yeah. That... Very interesting uh, film. And, and her is just yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of an almost of an episode like Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Which is a cousin to the Twilight Zone You a know, modern version of it.
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah. so have you like seen that recently or
2: This episode?
1: Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it recently, but okay. I yeah. Okay, so yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, for everybody out there who hasn't seen it recently or seen it for a while it's basically about like i said you know this guy he gets sent to an asteroid for you know murder and he's saying he's innocent and i truly believe he's innocent because he said it was an accidental death or it was a self-defense or something like that and um and these um these uh astronauts they come and they come every 3 or 4 months and they drop off supplies and everything to him food and things like that or things for him to do to keep his sanity because he's on this asteroid by himself mm-hmm. and uh on this last trip round one of the um the astronauts he's um he's I guess the uh, the main captain he's he just he really feels feels uh feels for him and he drops off a Robot that's a woman as a companion, and at first he's really hostile towards um, her. I because, think I do
2: remember this.
1: Yeah, he's really hostile. He just he's like, "I hate you! Why are you, you you're basically mocking me?" And and she mm-hmm. and then she starts saying, "You know, I can, I can, I, I can feel, I I have feelings. You know, I, I know Oof. what it's like to be hungry and this, and that, and, uh, this is so." <laughs> deep mm-hmm. And and he, he slowly but surely starts to come around and then you know they show this monologue of them um montage of them kinda like uh getting to know each other and, mm-hmm. and he falls in love with this robot. And when they come back come around, he's been pardoned and you know, he's been involved with all his crimes and you know, whatever. And He realizes, you know, and then the captain says, oh, well, you know, we can only take back a certain amount of weight because we've, you know, we've gone through all these asteroid uh, uh, fires or, you know, storms or whatever. And what happens is, is, you know, he can't take Alicia back with him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So they have to leave her on this planet. Or this, you know, asteroid. And he he mm-hmm. just like, No, we can we can throw off some of the other supplies and he's like, No, we can't do this and the captain basically pulls out a gun, shoots her dead smack in the face. Mm-hmm. Now this is nineteen fifty nine, right? Mm-hmm. So- mm-hmm that's and, so deep oh goodness yeah uh, yeah the one, thinking yeah, about yeah. that yeah yeah it, it's just like because he becomes so attached to this think he's you thinking know, about that yeah yeah and it's like is it a woman is it not and it's like you know and he's like and then the captain's like she's you know she's a robot you know or, or robot, as so he's like, <laughs> he's like <laughs> mm-hmm. it,
0: it's
1: not it's just, it's just it's just you know it's it's you know these parts. It's not a thing. It's like, but it is. And it's like he's now, like, what is what is your take on this? Oh, my take. Oh, I thought it. I and I didn't like the way it began because um, it was just he was just so harsh towards her. But I I under I understood because it was almost like she was mocking him. But she was a woman and I, you know, it's just so many places I could go with this. And even, you know, I watched it again today and I'm trying to sit here and I'm just trying to process everything. And I love the way that he just grew this attachment to her and she was able to provide this, you know, for him. And they, it was kind of like a give
2: and take back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, what, what do you think? What would what do you think um, Rod was saying in that episode? Oh, I, uh, you know what?
1: I haven't really thought on that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. deeply,
2: because you know you did <laughs> mention Ex makina and her. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and there were like some parallels to maybe loneliness. And I know that was a thread for him through a lot of things, loneliness and isolation. You know, that was a real big part mm-hmm. in a lot of the, you know, and maybe he's got this connection and, you know, kind of like foreshadowing things to come. I, you know, I, I, like I said, my thoughts were all over the place. And I'm still trying to process this. And I've been trying to find information on the episode and, you know, trying to maybe see if I can, you know, start at one place and, you know, form my own opinion. And it, it's just, I don't know. It's just so, it's so deep. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Because this was
1: so far ahead of its time, you know, <laughs> even, even today, we still have these questions about this and technology. There, yeah. was, there was a well, show on AMC called, um, called Humans.
2: Mm, yes. I watched that.
1: And they reminded me of that and Mm -hmm. there was all these legal things, and, you know, they didn't have... I forgot they had a a specific name for for the robots. Um, And it's like, you know, could you do this? Could you have sex with them? And there was a hint of that in this episode. There
2: sure was. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it. I mean, what is the episode called? The Lonely. The Lonely, yep. You hit it, I think. Um, I think... I, I would say that this is this is this is kind of this raw sense of loneliness that's being addressed. And this is the same thing with ex-Makina and her.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, and ex-Makina, the guy who was taken chosen for this experiment was chosen because he didn't have anyone. That's it. Yep. Um, And her yep. this, you know, he had he was blatantly lonely. Yeah. and yeah. you know attached to it wasn't even a body it was just a voice oh, um man. yeah <laughs> and this is the same thing he's alone and the guy feels sorry for him. he's lonely so he gives him this companion and i think you know i i i think that any we can all understand that i yeah. i think i don't think i don't even think that this is about uh, men or women um in particular is this yeah, yeah i think we can all understand that you because know we was, in,
1: yeah because i was trying to find something in that in that arena and i'm like i'm not seeing that as much no i there. think that's
2: just the human condition is that you know yeah. we're social creatures yeah, yeah and we yeah. want to bond with other people yeah. and you know if people can be you know people have their own free will and <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> they don't necessarily stay where you put them, yeah. but a machine <laughs> might. a little
1: bit about that, yeah. You
2: know, <laughs> and be, and you know, if you've been ostracized in, in as in various ways, which is basically what's being you know shown in all circumstances, one way yeah. or another. If you've been if you've been ostracized, uh, then you know, in the science fiction universe, you can go ahead and create a person but uh that person you know the the trick to that is yes they have to stay which is humans you know that show that you're talking about that's part of the 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 allure to that is that they kind of have to stay right with and and what happens is they start to evolve and they start to not really want (laughs) to stay
0: they
2: they, They start to not really want to yes it's it's, and then all hell breaks loose because all of a sudden you know this is not the dynamic Right. The dynamic was that that's the point of you. You do what you're told. You stay where you are. You don't change. You don't evolve. And ex-Makina, you're not supposed to want freedom and to go outside and see colors, you know, (laughs) in her You know she's all she becomes evolved and she's like, "Well, I can't stick here and be your companion anymore because I've learned too much and there's a whole group of us now right, right. The, and even in this one, it's the same thing it's like well you're you know this there's an evolution here right it's you can't you can't use a machine to replace what a human is um because that evolution is inevitable Oh somebody should start to tell uh, Amazon that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's the point. Yeah. Uh, I, I in real life, I was watching this. I think it was on HBO. Um, this guy was had fallen in love with his uh, game. Um, he was very. I'm serious. <laughs> oh yeah, he had this, yeah, yeah. There was this little yeah, game. There was this little handheld game where there was this girl on there, and she would. It was like her, but she had a little cartoon image, and he was like, "This is my girl." And he would go around and he there were other guys that he had bonded with that were doing the same thing and they're like, yeah, this is our girl. And, you know, deeper examination reveals that he went through a horrible breakup, all right? He was in love with this woman and um, he was basically traumatized by the loss. Um, and this was his way of sort of avoiding getting left again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is to, you know, bond with this inanimate person that can't leave right right and essentially in all cases of you know these signs i think what what if if rod is that wise you know because there is a commonality in these stories even blade runner we were just talking about that exactly
1: exactly (laughs) i'm telling you they right
2: it's the the same story it's the same ah, theme is the it's the same you can't avoid that Yes. You can't avoid that risk, and that—that's the point. You can't. You can't. No matter what you do. Yeah. Uh, we're all vulnerable, and we can all experience loneliness, and that's just part of the human condition. We, we have to fight against that, right? It, and that's it's... that is that is you know all in all these cases, it's mostly men and, and their machines, but this is not uh, specific to men.
1: No, it's not. This is <laughs> this it's just
2: a human thing, and I, yeah. I think that's really it was that's a really brilliant. And I'm telling of, you, I
1: can see where a lot, of these, yeah, a lot of these stories, they they came from that episode mm. because I was l- trying to look back and see if there was anything before that. And of course, you know, you know, the TV medium at, at that time, it was still it was still in its infancy. I mean, you know, wow. so there was nothing before that. And I was like, OK, maybe there's some books that came before wow. that.
2: I mean, you can, you can, you can postulate the Pygmalion, uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, there's a Pygmalion influence, So like, you know, you create your, mm-hmm. your muse, you know, and mm-hmm. the point of it, the mm-hmm. point of it is that, yeah. you know, yeah. they're, they're your yeah. creation and you, they can't leave, but eventually of course they do, <laughs> right. Right. right, they right. evolve in some way, you, right. you have to let them go in some capacity. It doesn't really,
1: right. you can't like, do it. Frankenstein's monster. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, but 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 he, you know, he wasn't machine, but he was created. I don't know. He was it,
2: created. You know. Well, and but in that spirit, it wasn't the creation. It wasn't so much a sense of loneliness. It was very much more uh, hubris. That you know, that's wow. that's kind of the. I feel like that was kind of the. The monster the, the the I was referring to but not necessarily Oh well yeah the, the, monsters, the monster certainly was lonely yeah. but the, the creator created him out of hubris uh, yeah. it was this more like I can I'm going to do it because I can. Because I can
1: right you and know what I mean. There's just like that too yeah mm-hmm. it, it's called um, Execution. He brings mm. back you know he creates this time machine he brings back this guy that's about to be executed to New York and he's out of, completely out of place Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's, a, it's almost like that same mm-hmm. thing and in his image episode one of season four mm-hmm. same exact thing he creates because he can mm-hmm. and he Jurassic Park of himself exactly it's like <laughs> should we you know right
2: it's, it's like that should, we can, should, should you we? yeah right right um, yeah I mean yeah and of course the monster became very lonely in, you know Frankenstein case mm-hmm. of Frankenstein mm-hmm. Um, and there is that commonality, yeah, you yeah. know that loneliness, that sense of isolation.
1: Okay, so I want to jump into the next episode, which is another um, female-led in the Twilight Zone episode sixteen, and this is what I call <clears> the um, the Hitchcockian <laughs> <laughs> episode, like episode The Hitchhiker.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm just gonna talk about it for a bit. Um, alone on a cross-country trip, a woman suffers a blowout on her car, and her name is Nan Adams. She's played by uh, Inger Stevens. Now, uh, Nan was the name of um, of one of Rod Serling's teachers. If, if you look at a lot of the names that he named a lot of the women, they were after women that were in his life personally, whether it was daughter or his uh, teacher or just some kind of influence um, in his life. So it was really funny that he would name uh, her Nan Adams. Now the real life um, uh, young lady, she actually committed suicide uh, shortly after this episode, but she was in uh, two of the episodes um, of the Twilight Zone. Um, One's, you know, this one, and she actually filmed, the episode but they played them out of order. So this one is actually the uh the last episode that she did, but there's another one that comes later on in the um in the uh, second season. So they kind of like switch things around cuz you know cuz you know they 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 don't film things just the way you see them. Right, right. You know, everything's filmed out of order, so they mm-hmm. threw up this episode before the other episode. So sometimes if you'll see something that's in season 3 is actually filmed in season too, especially especially back then. Okay. Nowadays they don't do that as much, but then it was like that because he was he didn't he never knew when the show was going to get canceled. So they did a whole bunch of like that first season. I think it was like thirty six episodes. It was crazy how many episodes and, they had.
2: and the nature of the show is unique in that there's no sequence, so you can, yeah, you
1: can yeah do that yeah yeah so you can just throw out episodes and you know switch them around but yeah yeah so she's going across country. She has a blowout and and. She, you know, she's got like this, um, this voiceover, and she's basically talking to herself the entire time. It almost it reminds me exactly of uh, of Psycho. Psycho, I knew you were going that. Yep. Exactly, <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> and she's going and she's just here and She's talking to herself, and there's really not a whole bunch of dialogue except when she's in certain places talking to certain people.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: she sees this guy, and he, you know, he follows her basically across country he's you know he's a hitchhiker he's trying to pick her up the entire time well it winds up that she's basically she's she's dead (sighs) at at the end and the hitchhiker gets in. it's like are you going my way and you know that's how it ends
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so you know there i this i would say is the truest episode and this is because her acting i it was just great everything just her character development just everything was just across the board for me it was like okay this is this is the episode this is where things are going to change within a twilight zone for yeah. women the way they're portrayed and everything and, yeah depth
2: and complexity of character
1: yeah everything right. just just across the board perfect episode it was just like a little mini movie right i wish this was i wish this had been one of the um one of the hour-long episodes, because I have a few of those episodes that I, I truly, truly enjoy.
2: It's so interesting that she committed suicide. I wonder.
1: Yeah, yeah. She she had uh, she had a lot of issues in her personal life. Um, definitely a lot of issues. But yeah, she. That's filmed... so tragic. Yeah, yeah. She was very young. I think she was like thirty something years old when she uh, when she passed. Mm. Yeah. yeah, she was in her mid um, mid twenties. When she, uh, when she started to embark on doing the um, episodes for the show. So it was, it was a while. It was a while, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, you'd think that, you know, with all these opportunities, it should be coming her way as a result of the show. Yeah. I mean, if, if not, the, I mean, obviously that's, you know, opportunities and work is not the entire world. <laughs> so right, she clearly right, had other right, things right. going. But she at least had something to look forward to. It seems so tragic that her life was cut short this way
1: yeah they they they, i I just saw something recently on this and i I, from what they're saying is you know they're looking at you know her behavior and everything um after and before the show you know they're thinking that maybe there were some bipolar things going on and some Mm -hmm. maybe even some schizophrenia going on because they you know they really didn't have a real full good grasp on it, especially not then. So right. now they're looking back at certain things and the records and everything. And yeah, it was definitely a lot of that going on.
2: You know, let me say something. Uh, it's kind of off topic, on topic here mm-hmm. that I think is completely under discussed mm-hmm. is that the studio system, you know, there's the women had this, this uh, back then in particular had these, um, they were perceived as being crazy and, you know uh-huh. erratic and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what was a lot of people like Marilyn Monroe you know what a lot of people didn't understand was that the women were in the studio system in particular who were working i'm not necessarily saying this is true for her but in the the stars in the studio system who were working a lot especially if they were under contract were going oh, from studio yeah. to studio to studio yeah. and they were so tired so they had quote doctors on set they were giving them meth okay yes (laughs) they were giving them
1: methamphetamine they touched on that in that in that movie judy with julie garland okay yeah they 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 touched on that heavily heavily, right and this
2: was and so what that does is if you have had they give you all sorts of stuff so if you have had any sort of uh, any imbalances whatsoever or you even touch you're even touching a little bit of instability that will take you right over the edge Yep. And yep. I think, yep. that, and they didn't necessarily do that to the men. It was mostly done to women yeah. because they would come in and they were tired and they wanted them to stay up. And, and obviously, you know, I, you know, I don't want to get into that, but it's sexist reasons. They just felt like they could control women in that way. So they would give them women, and they also would give them drugs to sleep. Yep. So yep. they would go to sleep and then they'd wake up groggy. So they'd give them meth so that they'd get up and they'd give them drugs to go to sleep and then meth to get up. And for a lot of women, they yep. became casualties. They basically lost their minds. They were never able to regain their mental and their psychological equilibrium.
1: Julia um, Garland went through that. Yeah, mm-hmm. She was on the set of, because um, she, was, she was with MGM at the time, and they they put her through all kinds of hell. She was like 14, 15 years old. And right. It, and this was on the set of Wizard of Oz, too. <sighs> And they she they wouldn't let her eat because she was they considered her to be too big, mm-hmm. so she had to get down to a certain size. And all they would do is let her smoke cigarettes all day long. And she the,
2: be there too. it is. They would keep him thin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, so many Rita Hayworth, Hedy uh, Lamarr, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. of these actresses of this era were secretly on uppers and downers all day long
1: all day long caffeine pills this that the other just everything up and,
2: and right and it ruined their, them psychologically yeah and i don't know if this woman is a casualty of that
1: well they but well, it,
2: it, it could pills be that they found so right there <laughs> you know okay <laughs> yep, yep, yep. um that was this is something i i feel is um somebody should Write a movie just just so that these women can be better understood, because some of them are just seen as just crazy, you know. Yep, just, just you know, they're like, oh, obscurity, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. they're just all these crazy women. It's you know? mm-hmm. crazy. they're, crazy. <laughs> right. they're just the these women are everything, difficult.
1: Everything is labeled. She's difficult. She's crazy. Yeah. 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 Difficult. Yeah. yeah. Right. Didn't
2: well, yeah. had something to do with y'all pumping them full of Oh, okay. anyway. Yeah, nothing, we...
1: to <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> like, All I'm right, gonna jump, I'm going to jump into the next episode, um, mm-hmm. episode 21 of season one. Mm-hmm. Mirror Image. Now, this one, is it's got a little science fiction. You know, of course, this is Twilight Zone, a lot of science fiction, but this, right. this is really, it, it gets into some philosophical questions about things and the conversation, but it's called Mirror Image and it's about a woman named uh, Millicent Barnes. And she sees her double at the... Um, The bus station. She's sitting there waiting, and she's got you know. She's I guess he starts to see this doppelganger. You know things are starting to happen. It's kind of weird and eerie. This was one you know the last episode, the hitchhiker, and this episode, mirror image, for me are like they're on the list of my you know creepiest episodes of the Twilight Zone (laughs) because just Mm -hmm. the atmosphere and just it just this uncanny. It's just. I don't know. It's just the the setting. It's just, I don't know. It just gives it for me, mm-hmm. you know, along with living doll in season five. But that's another, <laughs> that's, another that's a whole nother topic right there. I'm not All even going right. to touch that right now, <laughs> but, um, Miss Barnes is played by, uh, Vera miles. Now she was the one that her and, um, her and Hitchcock, you know, she actually played in the second, uh, cycle. But her and Hitchcock did not like each other. Alfred mm. Hitchcock, they did not mm-hmm. like each other because she was a, a early, you know, women, woman liver. I mean, she, she was oh, all, <laughs> she was, oh, she, yeah, she did not take any of his shit. You know? <laughs> and she, yeah, she was, she was difficult, you know, she mm-hmm. was air quotes. To him every, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she gave it to him every step of the way, and he just, Yeah, he just could not Mm. take that. But yeah, she. This episode, you know, she she sees her uh her double, and she starts talking to this young man who's trying to help her out, and they go back and forth talking. And she's you know she's talking to the um the uh, the ticket holder at the uh, gate. She goes back and forth talking to him, and then she goes back and forth talking to this young gentleman who comes in who sees you know, that she's kind of like in in distress and something's going on with her and something's not quite right and, you know, he's trying to figure out exactly what's going on and then she starts talking about, you know, you know, there may be being, you know, two of everyone and these real philosophical, (laughs) you know, things. She Mm -hmm. just goes into this whole conversation. You just have to see the episode to see exactly Mm -hmm. what what I'm talking about. Just go back and revisit it. But it's just, it it was very interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. the way she was coming out with saying everything and he's looking at her like oh, okay you know maybe and then he starts like maybe coming around and coming to find out that he, you know she, he thought she was basically just nuts and mm-hmm. he has the police called on her and she's hauled away to the crazy house oh, maybe, <laughs> you know so I, I didn't <laughs> see that one coming but then he leaves the bus station and goes out and he sees someone that looks exactly like him Mm-hmm. and he starts running after him. it's like hey can you come here for a minute because he was trying to you know get a better look and you know it's kind of like the old you know the bad special effects <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like you see him running it's like hey, I know that's you running behind yourself you know. <laughs> you know? but anyway you know, this is the story but you know it, it, you know it does pull you out for a second but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I found that to be very interesting and like, it is huh. interesting and then it, and it, and it finally, you know, the, the woman actually takes the place of the other woman and she kind of like disappears and she goes away and the same thing happens to the manager. <clears throat> so it's, 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 it's really interesting, but I, you know, her acting. In it's that. like us. Yeah. Right. I'm telling, <laughs> you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He was ahead of his Jordan there, man, there, Stole. You know, there's a reason. There's a, oh, <laughs> you Or he's
2: inspired. I'm uh, sorry, he was my bad. bad. He was inspired,
1: inspired. and that's why he wound up doing what <laughs> the newest iteration
2: of the Zone. Obviously, yeah, quite he,
1: inspired. He, but he even said he even said that was one of his favorite episodes, marriage mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There well, it goes. There well, it
2: goes. There it goes. At least he's telling some of the truth.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's he he's like, I
2: was so inspired by that,
1: and. It just is like okay, you know, there's us.
2: But, Everybody you know. is inspired by Twilight Zone. Every I'm telling I, you. anyone who's written anything, yeah, uh, yeah, you you can't not see the brilliance of the Twilight Zone and get something out of it.
1: Right,
2: right. Um right. It, I it's it's that's why I'm like we can't we can't talk about plagiarism or stealing. Just no, let's no, just no. say you know he set a standard that other people were inspired by and that's what it is. It's just exactly. so brilliant in that way. Exactly. Exactly. There's no getting away from it. It's like yeah. Shakespeare, okay? How right. many Romeo right, and Juliets? Right. Can right. you make, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> and do. Is everybody stealing from Shakespeare? I guess, or is it just I mean,
1: inspiring? You could put Leo in it. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Call it West Side Story. Yeah. Right. Do what you want. Right. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, I. Had bad experience with West Side Story. I was made to watch that <laughs> as a sixteen-year-old boy oh. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a New York play. It was like a dinner, and you know, oh my god, yeah.
2: No, see, the, the artist in me would have loved that.
1: See, at the time, I was, I was a different person in a different space, you know, and it just wasn't my thing. You know? I understand. I, don't I really do.
2: You're a man. Words, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I that. <laughs> what? What'd you say? What? I miss,
0: I miss some of that.
1: Huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed some of that. Ooh. Yeah, but yeah. you say you're traumatized by the whiz, the horrible oh, the whiz. whiz. Oh, oh, horrible, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to say it's horrible. Um, it's horrible. It's weird. It's, <laughs>
1: I, it's weird. It the is. play, oh my God. I, the, the movie itself is weird.
2: It's weird. weird. But it's
1: tolerable. The play. <laughs> on stage seeing these weird costumes that are not quite right in this weird lighting in the late 80s is, is wrong. In a New York theater, in a CD, you know, that's supposed to be nice. Is wrong. It's wrong. Like, I, I cannot get those images out of my brain. I will never be able that will that will be with me until the day I die. I you am know? so sorry. And my great-grandmother, which I in I in just oh, I loved her to death. <laughs> How can you like this? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. And you drag me. You supposed <laughs> to love me. You're,
2: do you? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, so I complained a... about that movie. You know, I could totally get it. I'm laughing. That's why oh. I'm laughing like this. I completely understand. Oh. i'm and it's long, so you you oh you know my. you you have to endure that for quite a while. We're 17. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: I fall asleep and woke up thinking it's gonna be over. over I totally, I can night.
2: totally see it. How you just. It's like a nightmare. I can see it. I really yes. can. It's like
1: groundhog day. Every time I woke up it uh,
2: I get it. I Still do. Still going.
1: Still going. <laughs> I was truly in a twilight zone at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't escape. Uh, oh There's no God. there was no there was no doors or windows to get out. It was just, you know, you would it's trust just craziness. Four room. You know, it's four, craziness. Four yeah, it's four walls, no way to get out. It's like, and then you have this continuous, you know, the whiz and the bad costume. It looks like, Ugh. you know, someone's, you know, nineteen seventies, you know, the big <laughs> fur, you know. <laughs> oh my God,
2: and awesome. then the naked people at the end dancing. Yes. it is so weird. Yes, and it this, is this
1: weird spandex, and then it is. Just the
2: lights come down. I'm like, it's what is that? So about? weird. That I, 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 I completely get it. Um, oh. I and I feel for you. You were too oh. young to be dragged into that night, yes, yes. It's but like, I
1: culture, this is torture. <laughs> 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 oh my god, you four thing, yes, yes, mm. I, yeah. Twice zone, definitely. <laughs> yes, it's like I will go to the Twice zone before I go through this again and live there. <sighs> Yeah. It was bad.
2: Yeah.
1: I can feel it. Totally kinda off topic, but I just had to you know, I I got some therapy there for a second. No, (laughs) I brought up
2: West Side story and
1: you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You you should bump that up. Yeah, it just Yeah yeah, you had a
2: flashback and regress. I get
1: it. I get
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) PTSD.
1: Yes. I know, I know.
2: We'll um, get there and breathe. <sighs>
1: a little bit. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff I thought You're about. in a but safe art. space.
2: Uh, yes, right. <laughs> Is it? in a safe space right now. Ease on down. Ease on down the road. No. no, okay. Oh my god, it's gonna be. Oh
1: my god, it's going nightmares, nightmares, <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> It's like, it's like <laughs> touch
2: that trauma, Okay. Oh no. <laughs> oh, you know Quincy Jones too. You know he hated doing the music for that. Yes. He
1: was like about this is shit. Or it's, he's,
2: he said
1: this is like polishing shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it.
2: That's, that's, what, that's what he it. said. I he's...
1: remember. Yes. And I'm like yes. So why did you do it?
2: Because <laughs> you know the money. <laughs> to, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> the money. It's yeah. there. It's, he it's, tried
2: to you know, you had to do something with it.
1: Really? Do you?
2: Somebody do you? had to do something with it.
1: The whiz. The whiz. <sighs> okay. How do we how do we segue back way in? Oh,
2: okay. What was the next episode you wanted
1: to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get away from that. It's just, let's
2: go. Yes, let's horrible. get this going cleanse your palate.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh, this is so appropriate for what we just talked about. Nightmare as a child. That <laughs> is the <my> next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 29 led by Helen Foley and um yeah this was actually uh, a Helen teacher Foley? yeah this is yeah. um yeah this was a um a teacher of um Serling's as well. Mm-hmm. But um okay so it's basically about a school teacher who has blocked out the details of her mother's murder. Then encounters a strange little girl named Marky intent on making her recall the murderer's identity. Now, um, she's played by, uh, Helen Foley is played by Janice Rule. And she has since passed. And the little girl that that played uh, Marquis, played by Terry Burnham, she also passed as well from heart attack at an early age. She was like 20-something years old. Which was odd, so they both died pretty pretty early. Yeah, so basically, this is about um she's basically in traffic one day coming from uh from school, and um I guess she sees this this guy who um who used to be I guess he used to work for her mother at this boarding house, and it kind of like hints around the the I guess to the point to maybe this was kind of like a a you know her mom was into prostitution, you know, of course, back then they couldn't say it, but that's kind of like what it, what it hinted at. She's a woman of the night. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And that, um, and that he possibly did something to her as a child. And, um, and basically, you know, because he, he says something really funny. I don't know if it's maybe a, a time thing where, where's the difference in how people phrase things versus now but he said, I had quite the crush on you. So I don't know if that was maybe something that they said back, back then versus today. Like, you know, as a grown man, you wouldn't say that about a, you know, about a, about a child, you know what right. I mean? This, but, this, but, but, but yeah. back then, yeah. But back then maybe it had a, I I'm not sure. And it's not clear, but there's a lot of things going on there. And so anyway, um, she sees the little girl sitting on the steps before she walks into the, um, into her apartment. And she's having this back and forth banter with her for a little while. And the little girl keeps asking her these questions. And then she keeps bringing up these things that only she would know. And uh, Helen Foley, she, of course, she kept, you know, she keeps on saying, oh, of course, I remember that. You know, I, you know, and it, I, I guess what it's bringing out is that the little girl was basically her uh, subconscious coming out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's basically what it was about.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: the man comes that's by. Deep. Yeah, 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 it's really, really deep, and then she all of, a sudden, all of a sudden disappears, and I'm like, okay, that's exactly what it was, and then she looks over, and a little cup is It's still there, okay. and it's never been touched, and, you know, she's basically... She's got this trauma that's resurfaced because she saw this guy in traffic, so the guy comes by the apartment and starts talking to her and asking her questions, trying to see if she remembers things, and he basically realizes that she remembers and you know a fight ensues and he basically gets pushed down the down the stairs and dies and that's mm. the end of the uh episode it was really really well uh played i love i love i love I that episode
2: it's very yeah it has it shows a full arc
1: yeah 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 full full circle full circle
2: Mm-hmm.
1: from her beginning you know the trauma to you know everything all the way down to the end and and it, then it shows like a little uh, another little girl at the end this is a different girl she's actually there and it shows her as she's walking out the apartment and she said something nice to her and it's kind of like a nice closing to the um to the episode
0: mm-hmm. That's it so one interesting. It,
1: yeah it's one of my favorite episodes as well and it's it's led by by her and that she's done a few other things shortly after but she she passed away
2: as oh. well yeah i think helen Foley's the name of the teacher in the twilight zone movie yeah it is and they
1: bring mm-hmm. that they bring that they bring that back in the 80s yep mm-hmm. yep yep they bring that back <laughs> mm-hmm. that's kind of like one of those little you know kathleen quinlan yep 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 that's her
2: yeah oh that was his teacher's name huh yep yep that's uh, him that's him examining his psychology as well uh-huh uh-huh that's That's so interesting
1: he sat for hours they said he um his his wife um she as a matter of fact she just passed away not too not too long ago um but she was saying he you know you could tell when he was on a writing you know bench bench where he would just sit there and just write for sometimes for days on end like Mm -hmm. He would night like, he would come out of his office for 17, 18 hours straight. He was just writing these episodes, writing these episodes. Come out, use the bathroom, go back in. Wouldn't eat sometimes for a day or two. Just was manic. Barry had like, a
2: little mess. It's like I was like I can understand
1: a little bit of, of, of that when I get into these little you know, you know these little pockets here. It's like okay, you gotta this is get all
2: obsessive.
1: you get obsessive a little bit you get it's like oh yeah i gotta step outside of that a little bit you
2: know what i mean you know yeah for my own,
1: for my own mental health you had to step back away from that and you had to be real constant and he, he, from what i understand he he understood you know and he just got so tired of just the show and just fighting everything and everyone for so long and it's like by the time that he could that there, there could have been a sixth season there mm-hmm. could have been a sixth season, but he just got tired of the fighting and even some of the um the other producers and people surrounding the show was like by the fifth season he had no more fight in him and it was basically a done deal. And it yeah. was it was sad at the very end where he just left. He's like, I can't do it anymore. And he wanted to do sad. more horror. Yeah, yeah, but he wanted to do more horror, you know, related things. So that's why the other uh, the other show, um what was the other show? It was mm-hmm. another
2: it was, just, it was. I you. remember. I, yeah, uh, I remember. I can't think of what it's called. The House of Horrors or the the House. Some I can't remember. Yeah, but I was, know
1: something like that. But yeah, it came right after that. But yeah, that was like him examining, you know, horror and other really truly freaky stories. <laughs> you yeah, know, it was more horror based than um than sci-fi or anything like that. But it was it was really good. Um. I, I love that episode, um, "Nightmare as a Child." I really love that.
2: That's really good. I mean, like, yeah, that's the, that's really deep. To give a, that sort of, like I said, the arc for a character. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. You
1: know, I remember watching all these episodes as uh, as a child, and you know, I watched them, and of course, they didn't all come out. You know. In the same order all the time it depends on what the network ordered in and what was running on a marathon before blu-rays and all this mm-hmm. stuff came out. there 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 are some people that have <clears> never <throat> seen the hour episodes the hour-long episodes and there's only about 18 of those in the fourth season mm-hmm. but some people have never seen those because a lot of those they didn't play on um,
2: those didn't... marathon days yeah yeah they didn't play you know in the rotation
1: yeah, yeah. Some people in the UK they say they've they've never, you know, I've gotten some feedback from a lot of the um people over there and they said they've never seen some of those episodes because they never played there. They never wow. ever. So them seeing on the, them seeing them on the box sets when they finally got the box sets, like I think it was only like a year or two ago, in which we've had the box sets for a few years now, but they um they've never seen us. It, so it was like watching them for the first time ever. It was mm. like a a truly different experience. I'm like, yeah, I've, some of these episodes I haven't, you know, the hour long ones I haven't seen in probably, it's been probably 30 more, more years since I was a kid. So mm-hmm. it's almost like watching them for the first time because you haven't seen them in such a long time. So I've gone through all the episodes and it's, it's really, really fun watching them almost as if you've seen them for the first time because it's yeah. been such a long time since you've seen them.
2: Yeah, you're going to make me. Get in there and dig some of this stuff out. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. The next, really good stuff. The next final episode, um for um well at least for season one is the um it's the after hours. This is after another, hours? The after hours. And this is one of the popular ones where everybody's like, Oh my god. This one this is on my creepy list too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about dolls and mannequins and things like that. <laughs> so this one is about a woman that discovers that the floor of a department store um, on which she bought a gold thimble, it doesn't exist. And that her sales lady is really something else. And Marsha, Marsha White is the name of the um, young lady and She's played by Ann Francis, and she she played in a couple episodes. Um, Jess Bell in season four, the hour-long episode where basically she turns into a jaguar and some other weird things. I wasn't particularly, you know, a big fan of that one, but Ooh. you know, it does have its place. <laughs> but <laughs> wasn't a big fan, you know, whole country folk thing. But you know, just, <laughs> you know, I got to think about that. The portrayal is not right. I get you're from New York. <laughs> But the betrayal is not right. But we're gonna go, with it. we're gonna go with it because it is the twilight zone. Uh-huh. So everything is not as it seems, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: anyway, I'm not bitter about that at all. No, <laughs> no, no you, you. This doesn't irritate you one bit. I no, guess. Not a, not a, you know, it's like California, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You did here. i love that i love that i've watched that all the time that's so funny (laughs) the funniest is when they couldn't keep their their own faces straight
1: if anyone wants to know what we're talking about it's it's an snl skit the californians yeah it's it's grand it's It's hilarious across the pond yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's grand <laughs> oh man,
2: yeah. Speaking so, uh, yeah. so of uh, what is this episode called again?
1: The after hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know, basically, she buys Istanbul from Florida. doesn't <laughs> I exist
2: I asked you to say it because you heard just a little bit of an accent. You say it, it's so cute. Go ahead. What's that?
1: Yeah, I was... Oh, you're trying to be funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah just a little. Okay, bit of everybody accent. wants to know I'm from I'm from Southern Georgia, but <laughs> my mom was from New York. And I've got like this little weird thing that goes in and out every <laughs> once in a while. And people are like, what are you, what are you, what are you saying here? You know, <laughs> I don't have my business voice when I'm on the podcast. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> my business voice sounds as something completely different. It melts panties. But. What, <laughs> <laughs> I totally just went off the rails. Oh, Ooh, now, like, it, might be, it might be this hard apple cider I'm drinking right now. So, oh, so. <laughs> is that see, what's going see? on? See, see, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. What are you, I you
0: doing? What am doing? <laughs> <over>
1: there. There. <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> that point, where it's getting late, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're almost. Oh. we're almost the end. We're almost to the end. Almost. Mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So she buys a, She buys a thimble. The floor doesn't exist. She buys from this lady who she thinks is, you know, a real lady. And, you know, she, you know, she talks to the department store managers and they're like, ah, oh, we don't have a, you know, blah, blah, blah floor. And they, you know, and then she sees one of the, um, I guess she thinks she's an actual lady, but when one of the workers picks her up, she's a mannequin. And it's kind of like this, you know, cue this, you know, cheesy you know, nineteen fifties, you know, da 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 you know, music or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it kinda like pans into her face and she's like, you know, all mortified and everything and and it just goes, you know, for a little bit and she's trying to come to the you know, she's trying to digest all of this of, you know, what she's just seen and it really goes into deep detail on what's going on. And she finally and then finally she falls asleep in the in the manager's office, which I don't know why she did that. That's kinda weird and creepy, but anyway, that <laughs> go. Home, you know, because they basically just leave her in there and she wakes up and she's alone in this dark um, department store. And mm-hmm. She's walking around and she starts hearing this voice that starts to call her from basically out of nowhere. Marsha, Marsha is really, really creepy. She's walking <laughs> around in this mall, like it's dark and she like there's nothing just, you know, Marsha, you know, they keep calling her over and over again. Mm-hmm. And she starts running and running and running. And um, anyway, winds up that, you know, she comes, she gets down to the basement and all the mannequins are there sitting pretty much still. And then they all come to life at this very moment. And she's like surrounded by all these mannequins. And then she realizes that, oh, she was, she only goes out for a month once a year and she's oh. actually she's actually a mannequin. Oh, yeah.
2: So I don't why don't I remember this episode? So it's
1: creepy as all get out. Yeah, that is super creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is creepy. Don't I can't I can't even um, you know, I'm a young man.
2: that's, that's a that's And i
1: I'm still in my 30s. Okay. No. That I'm is a, that I'm is so a non- benefit. <laughs> that's a little, yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. It's on my creepier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, you gotta. I your head cool. up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the episodes I watched during Halloween time. <laughs> uh, kind of like put on like ten episodes, and that's one of them. That hitchhiker, um, nightmares as a child—they just all have all. They just all have that creepy factor. It's just, the atmosphere is just unsettling. It's just just it's not...
2: imagine that. I mean, writing something because in you know you don't have the blood and the gore mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. rely on. This all has to be psychological. That's so brilliant. Yeah, oh, I'm telling
1: you, beyond, far beyond his time. And it's like, but, but you had to have some skill. See, yeah. and, and that's why I don't think that the, the writing, that's why I, I'm not a real big slasher guy, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I watch certain things during, you know, the spooky season, but but I just, you know, I just don't get into a lot of that stuff. I like the more of the psychological, you know, horror, things like that, you know?
2: yeah. I agree. Um, I I mean, even I, I I things like Silence of the Lambs, for example, um, it's really gross and and everything, but. I most of it was psychological that first go around. Yeah, there was yeah. there was some element of gore, and it was really like I said, gross. But it was much more about uh, you know the psychological game between Hannibal Lecter and Clarice, and they just went off the rails after that. I mean, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, they did. oh, they and cool. yeah. So I get what you mean. I I c- certainly prefer. Um, the more psychological elements in film and television.
1: Although I am going to be watching uh, Krampus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Krampus, yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite. I, I love the lore of that. Um, I used to watch the show called Grimm, and you know, it's kind of like the horror. You know, and it, it goes along with the Grimm's fairy tales. I love that, and they have this Krampus episode. I love that. Just oh, he really wasn't a bad guy. He was just this, and I love the way they twist everything and they they turn it, you know, on its head. I love that. Yeah. I,
2: did, I, you ever,
1: I, did you
2: Did you watch Tales from the Crypt? Oh, I, did I? Oh, my Yeah, God. I loved that. Oh, yeah. that yeah. was, I, I still, I think about that. I'm smiling right now. Yeah. Toast yeah. from the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that stuff.
1: That was around a really, really good time. when they had a lot of good things coming out during that time. Uh, I was a real, I was a real big uh, ex- X-Files fan, too.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't really get all of that in. I watched some X-Files, but I didn't manage to get it all going.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, it was the uh, first, probably would say I was the biggest fan around the first five or six seasons. After that, there was just a huge decline in quality, and that was pretty much, you know, I pretty much was in and out watching it, and then I finally went back when they came out with the ninth season, like later, and then they just went up canceling it automatically, it's like, yeah, it's
2: not the same. It's not the same show. Yeah, you know Vince Gilligan, one of the writers for that, who wrote Break, you did Breaking Bad, you know, yeah. cited yeah. Twilight Zone as one of his huge inspirations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, yep. as yep. they all do. Of course, <laughs> everyone
1: steals from it, but yet he stole from it. it's like.
2: Yo, yo. They, bu- they were inspired okay they let's stole. call it inspiration no they, <laughs> <laughs> they, <stole. laughs>
1: they stole they stole they stole
2: they stole i guess yeah i mean because i didn't send no money ross his family's way did they oh, so i guess okay. so i guess you can call it stealing i guess
1: there's a couple of episodes I wanted to cover, but I'm just going to leave those for another time. And there, there there's definitely going to be a part 2 to this episode. I mean, there there there, there just has to be because we we got to get <laughs> we got to get into these cuz these are so so I want to
2: hear about your I'm I'm with it. I want to hear what's next. Okay. So, so we'll have to do this again.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, we're going to do one more episode before we leave. Yes. One more, one more, one more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is one this is what I wanted to cover. And this is kind of like a deep one too. This is called, um, this is season two, episode six. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you all this. I'm hoping you're writing them down. Are you taking notes? I am diligently. You're taking notes? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to see those notes. Okay. (laughs) Another reason for no, I'll 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 say that for later. Okay, so (laughs) you know what I'm about to say. The eyes of beholder.
2: Uh huh.
1: So the a young woman is forced to undergo experimental e- treatments in an attempt to make her appear normal.
2: Now mm-hmm.
1: this is this is the episode everyone should know. Everybody knows this one. This one, everyone, you know, it's um, Janet Tyler, and she's played by Maxine Stewart. Now this is funny because. Um, Of course, they had two different people playing um, the role of the woman under the bandages. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay,
1: so the woman under the bandages was actually Maxine Stewart. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: the one that was revealed was Donna Douglas. Oh. Now, I don't know if you know who Donna Douglas is, but she was kind of a big thing. And she was on the Beverly Hillbillies hmm she played so, Ellie Mae Clampett okay the young you know
2: I never really watched the Beverly Hillbillies, but no I, but, I believe you yeah.
1: but if you if you if you see her face and you, you're you like okay I know exactly mm-hmm. who you're talking about you know you don't like most people are like I never watched yeah but you know who Barney is right okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah she was that big of a character in that, right. in that time period and I really didn't watch it either but you know for I got desserts, you. you. know, but you I, you know her face. You yes. know her face she's like so. You know that's why they use her for the reveal. You know, mm-hmm. but yes. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know that anyway. episode is brilliant. Yeah, oh, it touches on so many things. It so is brilliant. Many things. It's almost like uh Luann, kind of like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luann, <laughs> Ellen. <L-Mite? laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I just did it
1: through y'all. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> oh god, I so, don't know what to say to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? what do you like that? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I know <laughs> that's why I said
2: it. <laughs> You got a oh, on god. air, on air. Oh, oh my god! Gosh. Oh man!
1: <laughs> okay, so this, so, oh. so, so this. I, <laughs> I'm trying to get it. Out. I get it out.
2: This is all professional. Oh, professional. Um, I, you know, this is ridiculous. He's just all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just not getting to the place
1: where I should be. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, taking all these
2: detours before I get there. Oh, man, I'm okay. tickled. I am tickled to death, though. <laughs> i Billy snorting again.
1: Two, two. Can we get three? Can we get three? Oh, my God.
0: All right. Oh, my God.
1: I want to hear us snort and talk about the Oh, Three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god people are like what is going on here oh
2: my god
0: What is going on
2: oh you have no sense <laughs> <laughs> <Come> here, <Louie>. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah, my god mile.
1: Like, we don't know what's
0: going on.
1: We no. don't know what's going on. Oh my god, <laughs> we've got a pretty mouth. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> all right. Oh my god. I'm gonna get back on track. We're gonna finish up confusing all these people. <laughs> We're like, they are nuts. We're tuning out. No, you're
2: not. You love it. Yeah, I'm not the one, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> All right. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: So, this is about conformity, right? Pretty mm-hmm. much. you know, conforming has got some 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 Hitler vibes going on and, <laughs> you know, and saying how she should be this or that and you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I always felt like I mean, the the episode's called I'm beholder. Right. Um I always thought it was just so so in, like I, I can speak for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of personal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have large. Feet, I have like a really, like, a really big mouth. For example, <laughs> okay, I'm black. have big your lips. Uh, yes. Well, my my whole mouth is pretty big actually, and my lips are big and as well. Mm. And um, you know. <laughs> Growing up in, in a white country, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, I really I got teased, right? It's like Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean even for black people, I have a big mouth and even black people would tease me about it. <laughs> but even that, it was just, you know, we we're in this country where this is just you know, it's this not the norm, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's not it's it's thought of as different. Um, and I had to grow into realizing that no, there's nothing wrong with my mouth. Like you know, no, I I, nothing, I, <laughs> nothing. I like them. Just I like my lips. It's fine. I like lips, but
1: like, just the way they are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of this episode <laughs> spoke to me in that way. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's it's really what is what is beautiful or what is desirable or what is wrong with someone is subjective. That's right. Yeah. It's completely See, subjective. Now you get what I've been saying all this time, right?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Right, right. It's really true. And it's I mean, I, yeah. I find this episode touches that perfectly. It really does.
1: You know, I even, I even say it would go as far as to saying that it touches on the cosmetic, you know, Plastic mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. I think it would even I absolutely. Honestly, I think it just hits it, it, but before it was even a thing.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> it's it like like, like it's know. like what is wrong with you? Why why do you think there's something wrong with her? Why would she do this to exactly. herself or, or him? You know exactly. why why would you? There's nothing to fix. Wrong. Absolutely.
1: Oh, I, this this talks it, on so many different things. Oh, it I, really I does. This could it, be like when I get to covering this episode in the regular episodes. I definitely want to get you back on because mm-hmm. this, there's so many different things. Like, I'm not going to even bring it up because this, this will be another 45 minute conversation. <laughs> so, by itself, just I mean, back and forth, you know, us, you know, passing the ball. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this, this is a deep episode. Yeah, it's just so absolutely layers to it. It
2: does, it's very deep that's why it's one of the favorites
1: yeah yeah and this that reveal it's like oh my goodness
2: and right it's it's yeah
1: and then there's this and then there's this you know like i said you know there's a lot of things with um maybe some like almost like a concentration camp or going Mm -hmm. with people like you and -hmm. the doctor saying all these things and he's you know it's like almost like passive-aggressive
2: Mm-hmm. you know
1: it's like oh well, absolutely you, you you know you're so beautiful but but at the same time this or that or you know there's,
2: right you're less
1: yeah yeah and yeah, we, yeah, we
2: yeah. feel sorry for it's you like, being less
1: right it's like well what are you what are you We're saying? condescending you know well you go with him and people
2: look just like you
1: and you know mm-hmm. almost stay like stay with
2: your kind
1: is it a ghetto is it, 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 it is it mm-hmm. a concentration camp uh, you know absolutely all these things
2: tossed you know tossed about and you'll believe it. Like, you'll believe yeah. it about yeah. yourself if you're in that, if you're the minority. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, everyone around you is, is promoting, for example, really thin lips as what's good. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. you're sitting here with a big, giant mouth, and you're like, well, oh, I guess I wish I had thin lips. And it's like, what? No, no. <laughs> honestly i never i never felt like I, yes. I never felt like i wanted thin lips but i did i totally got that like you're yes. in the big like, i just felt mine were too big but it now just, but there's now, so much
1: but now you see everybody wants those big fat lips right
2: oh god you have no idea oh. it was like when it went for overnight like yeah. one minute i was this awkward girl with the big giant booty lips and the next thing yeah. everyone wanted them Yes. It was like it's like a switch happened it's, and it's, that's the, but yeah. neither one the, the moral to the story is neither one should change your perception of yourself exactly Exactly. that's the point yeah you can't be concerning yourself with what other people say and things like ross early's thing you
1: know he was you know he was short in stature right and mm-hmm. that was that was his thing you know mm-hmm. i can relate to that to a certain extent not to his extent but you know i <laughs> you know what i mean how tall was he I think he was like five two or something like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was really short. Yeah, oh. yeah, he was really short. Camera angles did him justice, but you know, he was like, you know, I'm big personality. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I, I've noticed that that's a lot of you know, a lot of people that I've known that are short stature, at least for men. It, it's it's always an over conversation for you know for being of short stature you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's like a it's like a thing it's like no just be comfortable in your own skin you know yes and that's
2: that's exactly that i mean that's for everyone even even if somebody's really tall okay i've seen that too (laughs) they they have this insecurity about it that's That's what that's that's what the crazy thing is like it's all subjective. Um, what yeah. one person sees as a liability, or what one person is uncomfortable having, someone would kill for. You know what I mean? Right. I wish right. I had that.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: It's all subjective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. I I just I just I just love them <laughs> so so much
2: yes it's a it's one it's the the, there's a reason everybody knows it it's it's so deep
1: excuse me i'm sorry (laughs) no you're fine you need to get
2: some water (laughs) i'm okay it's fine yes um yeah i i it's 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 deep it's it's perfectly executed everyone gets it yeah it's a timeless message
1: I love I love the reveal. I, I think that's what like seals it and it, it just cements everything that comes before, you know. Mm-hmm. This is like, "Oh. Oh
2: my god." That's
1: it. And it just it it, it it clicks and it just registers in your brain and everything you saw before is just like, "Oh, wait a minute. No, mm-hmm. this is this is not this. This is what it is." And it uh, makes you
2: see it it would, it yeah. makes you look at yourself. It really does. It's not even about you envision how you view others as much as how you view yourself Yeah. because we've all sort of felt I think we've all sort of felt um judged for something yeah 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 uh some some aspect of our appearance
1: yeah
2: and um it's that that and we've all had that fear that everybody's looking at it or Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know that there's that it needs to be fixed or, you know, I'm horribly disfigured you know, um, somehow and I'll never be the same um, those fears, and I think that's one of the reasons Twilight Zone resonates so deeply is because it touches on a lot of our fears like you were saying, the, for example, that mannequin episode, you cool. know it, the fear of not being real <laughs> right, I mean? right that's what it's, it is to get that, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, everybody kind of has these little they, we don't always articulate them, but they're there yeah, yeah <clears throat> And yeah. he knew how to drag that out. Oh, and, and show them to us
1: in full display <laughs> <laughs>
2: of us. Because he obviously he's a human; he has them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It requires a deep psychological examination, um, and I think that's one of the things that he did for himself very,
1: very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Intriguing stuff.
1: Yes, we've we've got. I've got so many other episodes we could talk about, but we're gonna end it, uh, end it here since it's uh, about three o'clock my time. Oh
2: my god!
1: <laughs> hey, it's it's going on Saturday, so I'm good. Oh, I'm god. sleeping in.
2: <laughs> yeah, you get some sleep, okay?
1: <laughs> All right. And surprised you're you for... still conscious. Oh conscious. no, I'm good. Conscious, con- conscious, what?
2: Conscious. Con- conscious. <laughs> See, I'm barely conscious now. California coming out. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. <laughs> you did it.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
1: yes, I'm barely conscious. Yes. And we will end it on that note. All right. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. This is and... obviously lots of fun. Always fun, always fun talking about TZ. This right.
2: <laughs> Super fun.
1: All right. Well, I'll see you next time and thank you again. Oh, where can we right. find you?
2: Oh, Crystal McCrory. That's my name. You can find me on Insta. Insta. You can find
1: me on Insta <laughs> and everywhere. Find me everywhere. Everything.
0: Well, not
1: everything. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> 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 bye bye. Bye.
2: buttons to push. One, two, three, and in just 10 seconds, a
0: finished picture.